Take your Bible and turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We'll be there uh, today. There's going to be a bunch of different scriptures, but just keep your Bible open to Philippians 3. If you don't have a Bible with you, take your uh, device and navigate it on one of the apps there to Philippians 3. If you don't have a device that can do that or a Bible, scoot close to someone who has one. You're going to want this in front of you uh, today in Philippians 3. I just want to prepare you. I am so excited about the truth that God has in his word today that I'm trying not to rush ahead of myself, okay? So th- this is good stuff. I don't know if you like barbecue or not, but if you get barbecue ribs, and, and I watch some people who really like barbecue ribs, they're just going to take every piece of meat off of them. They're not going to leave anything on there. They're just slurping and slopping and getting all that, that ribs off the, the, the bone there, and it's just all over their face and everything. They're just, they're just diving right in, okay? I see some people pointing at each other. That's how you eat, eat ribs. Well, we're going to dig into the meat of God's Word today, and at the end, you're gonna, we're going to see the barbecue sauce and all the stuff that just kind of gels and all that good thing. But, but, but keep chewing on the word of the Lord. There's good stuff here. I want to start this morning with a quote that, that uh, has been ministering to me this week. It, it says simply this, The measure of authority that a believer has is equal to the conformity that believer has to the mind of Christ. The measure of authority that a believer has is equal to the conformity that that believer has to the mind of Christ. In other words, it is the will of God that the people of God, that's you and me, would walk in the mind of Christ and in the authority of Christ. Do you think about your life having the authority of of God on you, that you have the authority of Christ? See, God desires that because of your relationship with Him, that you would have a measure of his authority on you. That's his desire for you. Whether you desire it or not, that's his desire for you. One of the things that stands out to me in the book of Acts is that the people of God there were people of authority. By that, I don't mean that they had these fancy job titles and, and everybody elected them to a high office. No, no, no. They had an anointing, the authority of God Almighty on them. Now, they weren't the most educated, they didn't have the most resources, but what they did have was the authority of Jesus Christ upon their lives. I believe this statement to be very true. In order for you and I to walk in the authority of Christ, we need to walk in the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is is very important to the people of God. You see, we can can, uh, function in, in our own thoughts. We could kind of function in our own plans or our own actions, in our own flesh. But the mind of Christ is so important to us because His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so when we begin to depend on our own flesh, our own thoughts, our own actions, we we are missing out on what God has for us. And it's so important to the believer because we recognize that we don't have enough in us. Look at the uh, first point there in the outline that you have. It states this. It's possible to culturalize your life with Christianity, but not really walk in the mind of Christ. It's possible to culturalize your life with Christianity, but not really walk with the mind of Christ. What does that mean? By that I mean is it's possible for you to do churchy things, to do 
Christian-y type things because it's your culture. We go to church because that's what we do. We read our Bible because that's what we were taught to do. We, we don't say these things because we're kind of taught not to do it. It's just kind of our culture. It's just our way of life. And, and those things may be good and, and they may even be pleasing to the Lord, but we can do them out of a cultural conditioning, but not really because we are walking with the mind of Christ. There's a difference When we walk in the mind of Christ, when we think the thoughts that Jesus wants us to think, then there's an authority in our life. Now, this message is part two of what we did last week, and we talked about uh, what is on your mind. And as we dive into this deeper, we're going to begin to see that last week we saw that our thoughts are very, very powerful. We are what we think. And we saw that God's Word gives us a list of things that we should think on and, and, and to eliminate some of the junk that we're thinking about. But today we're going to begin to see that there's power, there's authority, there's an anointing from the Lord when we begin to have the mind of Christ. It's the positive aspect of what we talked about last week. But if we don't identify this first, we can kind of just fake it may not be what I want to say. We can just kind of go through the motions. We may have good intentions, but we're... we're doing things for the Lord, we're living for the Lord more out of a culturalized life than out of walking in the mind of Christ. See, you and I, we can be born again. We need to be born again. And when we're born again, we get the very spirit of Christ dwelling in us. And we get a new spirit. But when we are born again, we not only need a new spirit, we need a new mind. And so after I accept Christ, after you accept Christ, he begins working on our mind. That's the second thought here. In order for you and I to walk in the authority of Christ, we need this new mind. We need the mind of Christ. Now, there's a a number of scriptures here listed. That's just for future reference. I want you to see this isn't just my thoughts. It's rooted in God's word all over the place. But but keep your thumb there in in Philippians chapter 3. And let me just read these verses to you uh, that speak to this. We need the mind of Christ to walk in the authority of Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need a new mind. It needs to be renewed. We need to be transformed. See, the way we first change is at salvation. We need to be born again. But after we're born again, he begins to work on our mind. He wants to give us his thoughts. Now, today, if you're here and you feel like you are young in the Lord, by that I mean you feel like you've not walked with Jesus very long. If you're self-identifying as that, I want you to know this is so important for you. When you are young in the Lord, you need the mind of Christ. You need to be thinking the thoughts that Jesus wants you to think. And as you have the mind of Christ, as you think the thoughts that Jesus wants you to think, he will reveal to you, he will show you, he will illuminate in your mind how every aspect of your life needs to align or cooperate with his will. And that's how he shows you this is what I should do. When we're new in the Lord, when we're young in the Lord, there's so many areas that he's speaking to us for the first time about how to live our life. You desperately need the mind of Christ. So hear me today. If you are young in the Lord, this is for you. But that's not the direction I feel led to go today. You see, I I also have found that when you get older in the Lord, if you've walked with the Lord for a number of years or a number of decades, you have to be careful because your mind can get stale. Anybody ever had a stale mind before? Your mind can get stale, but the mind of Christ is always fresh. The, the mind of Christ is always bringing life and vitality to us. 
But those who've walked with the Lord for a while, we can begin to slip into some bad patterns and we begin to get crusty in our mind. And, and Jesus wants to bring life and vitality and a, the, the, the flowing river of the Spirit to saturate our mind. And, and if we're not careful... We'll say, oh, well, that's what I needed when I was young in the Lord, but I don't need that anymore. That is not at all what Paul is saying. In fact, Paul is talking about, in this passage, in Philippians 3, we'll get to in just a moment, about the mature and how they think. The Word of God has so many key things to say about this. In Joshua 1.8, it says, Do not let the book of the law or the Word of God depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You should think on the Word of God. You should saturate your brain with the things of God. Psalm 1-2, but his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord, and his law or his word, he meditates on it day and night. 1 Corinthians 2-16, Paul says, for who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has, knows everything that the Lord thinks, but we can have the mind of Christ. In other words, he's saying, I'm not God. I don't know everything that God thinks. I, I, I can't, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But, but, Jesus has told us, We can have his mind. He will tell us, he will show us, he will put into us the things he wants us to think about. Now, open your Bible with me to Philippians 3.15. This is the key verse. I want to start with the key verse, then we're going to back up and read some verses to give us some context on this awesome barbecue meat of the Holy Spirit that we're going to read together. Philippians 3.15. All of us. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And on some, excuse me, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Paul says, all of us, that's you and me, that's all of us then who are mature should take a view, take a view of this Have this attitude, have these thoughts, think about it this way. Think about what? Well, we're going to go back and look at what he says. He says, of what I just told you, that's how you should think. That's what your attitude should be. You should take a view of it like this. And if at some point you don't find yourself thinking this way, those who are mature in the Lord, who are following the Lord, who have the mind of Christ, then God will make that clear to you. He will help you. He will show you. See, in other words... He's implying with the mature that it's possible to be immature. It's possible for us not to be growing in the Lord. But he calls us to always be growing in the Lord. In other words, there are areas of our life that God will make clear to you and me of what he wants us to continue to grow in. It's not just to be saved and then to have a crisis moment when we are sanctified. Those are very key, important times. But we are to continue to grow in the Lord and we continue to have the mind of Christ. And he grows. Paul will tell us in just a moment. He hasn't attained all this. And we'll see that he said, hey, I'm not saying I've I've achieved all this, but I continue to grow in these things. The mature mind operates this way. There's aspect of our lives that, that God is trying to take us to a higher understanding, to a a deeper harmony with the mind of Christ. And if we are growing in Him, He is doing that in our mind, in our marriages, in our home, at school, at work. It impacts every area. This is what the authority or the power of God on our life looks like. It starts by Him saving us and, and the Spirit of God in us, but it's also Him changing our mind. Today I want us to talk about the mature mind. So let's go back 
Because Paul goes back and talks about the mature mind at Philippians 3, 7. It's the setup for this verse 15 that we just read. Let's look at it together. Paul says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So to whatever I had going for me, to all the stuff that I had accumulated, to whatever was my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, trash, junk, that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. Now look at verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship and sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Now this is a different kind of thinking. This is a different kind of mind. And and I, I take us back to verse 7 here because when Paul says, hey, the mature mind should have a view of things like this, they should be thinking this way, and if you find themselves not thinking this way, then God will help you clearly see it. What is he talking about? It's this thinking. This is not like natural thinking you just find yourself kind of slipping into. He is thinking differently. He says, I want to know Jesus at all costs. I want to get so close to Jesus, no matter what it costs me, I want to be close to Jesus. Anything that that hinders me getting close to Jesus or that I put above Jesus, that, that has more of a priority than Jesus, it is trash to me. It is rubbish to me. It is rotten, spoiled, nasty stuff to me. I want Jesus more than anything. That's what he's thinking. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. He goes further. His thinking even is more transformed than just that. This whole different kind of thinking, he says... I want to know Jesus and know the power of his resurrection. He wants to, 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 to really know, to experience the power of God. It's one thing to talk about the power of God. It's another thing to experience the very power of God. When's the last time you experienced the power of God, that you personally knew the power of God? Paul says, hey, anything that gets in my way from knowing Jesus better, it's trash. I want it out of here. Anything that, that gets in my way of, of, of knowing, experiencing the power of the resurrection of Jesus, I want it gone. You know, it, it takes faith to experience the power of God. He, he says that in there. It, it takes faith to have that kind of thinking about the power of God. He doesn't stop there. His thinking is, is so transformed, so amazing. He, he wants Jesus more than anything. He wants to experience the power of God. And look what it says as he keeps going on. He, he now wants to join in the suffering of Jesus. How many want to just sign up for the suffering of Jesus? The line for the power of Jesus can get kind of long. I want the power of Jesus. The line to suffer like Jesus is not that long. But Paul has had his thinking changed. His mind is different than the natural mind. He says, hey, hey, I can enjoy life even in the suffering, even in the pain. I can see it as a way for me to get closer to Jesus. There's a change in his mind. He says, this is what a mature mind in Christ looks like. He says, this is what you should have. And when you find yourself thinking differently, the Lord will help you come back to this thinking. See, a mature mind is a changed mind. God had been working on Paul's mind. Friend, you and I, we need to really live 
for Jesus. Not just believe in Jesus, not just have a faith statement about Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I don't know how much time we have, but it is time to live your existence to be for Jesus. Paul's thoughts, his mind was set that that for him, anything, anything, anything that got in the way of putting Jesus first on his mind was trash. Anything that would take precedent over that was trash. He wanted to focus in on the power of Jesus and join him in the suffering. That's where his mind was. That's what he's talking about. Now, now, let's go back to verse 12, chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. This is where it gets really good. Paul is so encouraging in this. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, this is what I do. I haven't perfected this. I'm not without error, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is head, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God had called me heavenward or to focus my thoughts on the upward call in Christ Jesus. And then the verse we started with, all of us, you and me, who are mature, that's those who've walked with the Lord for a while, should take a view, take a view of such things. We should be thinking about these things the way Paul has just described. And if some of you at some point think differently, that too, God will make it clear to you. Sometimes we wrestle with God. We tell God that this is how it should have turned out, or we don't like what he did, and, and the Lord in heaven says, Now, now just trust me, it's going to be okay. If you let me change your thinking, I know you don't see it, but I can help you have peace in your heart. So in the balance of our time this morning, I want to now brush on the barbecue sauce of this awesome meat that God has brought to us today through Paul that is going to be amazing for us. See, Paul, in these words that we've already read, it's right here before us, it's at the table for us to feast on, he has given us two things that he does as he has the mind of Christ. And the power of God, the anointing of God comes on him as he is doing these things and he is transformed in his thinking. Two core practices for the mature mind. That's for you and for me. First, a mature mind forgets the former thing. He says, for me to think this way, for me to have the mind of Christ, for the the anointing, the power of God to come on me and on you, the Lord wants that to happen in your life, we are to forget the former things. Now, if we think of this word forget, and one of its uses, if we think of forgetting is to not be able to remember, I cannot recall, it's completely lost from my mind, I I cannot remember it, then, then this can not only be very, very difficult, possibly close to impossible for some of us with some of the things that's happened to forget those things. I I don't know. Are you good at forgetting stuff? I found that the things that I want to remember, sometimes I forget, and the things that I I want to forget, I I always remember. Maybe you're not this way. I I found myself this week, I I couldn't find the keys to the truck. So I called my wife, Carrie, and I said, Carrie, I, I can't find the keys to the truck. Pretty calm at the beginning of the search. And she says, look here and look there. So I went and looked here and looked there and called her back. I said, they're not there. 
that was ceasing to be his call. And I said, well, I've got, I've got to find the keys of the truck. I, they're not where I put them. And, and I don't think I said it in so many words, but I'm sure I implied it. I mean, if I didn't move them, someone in the house moved them. And it wasn't the dog, and I don't think it was Caden. So, Carrie, I'm talking to you. I mean, where, where are the keys of the truck? i got people waiting on me. I need to get to church. I need the keys to the truck. And I couldn't find it. And after about 20 minutes of looking, I, I, I found the keys. And I said, I found them, and I hung up the phone real quick. But I didn't tell her that they were in my hand the whole time. I thought, I am too young to have this happen to me. I, I, I find that there's, there's things that I, I, I want to remember, but I forget. It's, you've had that happen? Tell me you've had that happen. You've had to have things like that happen to you. And, and you go, I, I can forget them. But there's some things that someone has said to you decades ago that you can recall like that. You can't forget it. Some of us, it's amazing at our memory for the scorecard that we carry with us of what they have said, what they have done, what you have done, what, what should have happened, and you, you can't forget these things. So if we think about it as I, it's no longer in my mind, I cannot recall it at all, this can be challenging. But there's another aspect of understanding this word forget. Sometimes we can think of the, the word forget if someone would say to you, hey, just, Jim, just forget about it. Just let it go. In other words, just neglect giving that thought all this extra room in your mind. I believe that's what Paul is saying to us. He says, I forget the former things. I can't find them? I've lost them? No, 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 no. He's human. He could remember, but he is neglecting them. He is letting them go. He's moving beyond. He says, I'm forgetting the former things. And what things should we forget? Friend, you and I are called, just like Paul did, to forget the hurtful actions. Paul had all kinds of things done against him. This doesn't mean you sweep it under the rug. This doesn't mean that you don't deal with it. It doesn't mean that there's not a place for people to be held accountable. But friend, who are you kidding? When you hang on to it and you dwell on it over and over and over and over and over, it's wounding you. And the mature mind in Christ, to have the anointing, the power of God on your life, Paul says, here's what we do. I forget the former things. I let them go. I neglect them. I'm not going to give them all this real estate in my mind. But it's not just the hurtful, de- hurtful uh, actions. It's also... The immoral deeds. I didn't have as much time to talk about this last week, but for some of us, it's not so much what someone has done against us that we dwell on. It's the immoral deed that we have committed. Jesus has forgiven you, but friend, you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. You hang on to it. Paul says, hey, the mature Christian forgets the former things, neglects them, lets them go. Not only is it the immoral deeds... But it's the distressful situations. It may not be someone who has hurt you. It may not be the sin that you've committed yourself, forgiving yourself. It may be the circumstances. It may be the crisis that you go, well, it's not their fault. It's not my fault. It must be his fault. It's these distressful situations, and we are going to forget the former things. I'm going to neglect that. I'm going to let it go. Or, or my favorite, <laughs> boastful attitudes. Paul says just a few verses up before we read, I think it's 4 and 5 in there, in chapter, in chapter 3, you look at it. He says, <laughs> uh, uh, if anybody has reason to boast, it's me. If anybody has a pedigree, it, it, it's me. If anybody's got a resume, Paul says, I've got a resume. I come from the right group of people. I'm circumcised. I, I have this awesome uh, you know, training, all these things. He says, hey, hey, but I, I, I've counted them all as nothing compared to Jesus. Let it go. Some of us, 
we can't forget the former things because we're so proud about what we did for Jesus five, ten years ago that we are stuck and crusty and dry and our mind is so stale we're not forgetting the former things. Get off of that. We're not saying we're not praising Jesus for it, but we just go, back in the day, this is what I did. God is so lucky to have me on his team. I really helped him out. It's, it's this, this is what I have done. This is what, it's, it's about me. Could I forget those things, neglect those things? It doesn't mean I, I can't recall them. It doesn't mean that I can't even remember anything. But I, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to neglect those things. Second here of a mature mind forgetting the former things. Friend, when you can't forget or neglect or, or dwell somewhere else, if you can't forget, you will not be able to focus. So many Christians who say, you know, I'm just, I'm struggling to see what God is doing. I try to look at what Jesus is doing today. I can't see him working. Friends, you cannot focus in on the heavenly things, on the the upward call, until you can forget the former things. It blocks, it hinders, it gets in the way of seeing what Jesus wants to do. Your mind wants to be transformed by the Lord. The Lord wants to transform your mind, but you've got to forget those things to focus. Let's look at the second and final thing that, that Paul does. Two core practices for the mature mind. They forget the former things and focus on the upward call. There's just two. Forget the former things, focus on the upward call. The refocusing and redirecting of a mind that has gotten settled in, so comfortable, feels pretty good about the direction their life is going, friend. And when God says let's go a different direction, it can be next to impossible to get that mind to move. It takes a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit to transform that mind. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you, friend, for the mature believer. This is what Paul says. We need to have a fresh mind from the Lord moving and working. And it's a redirecting of our mind, focusing on the upward call. How do we do that? First, we see a focused mind is a sober mind. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. The King James says, uh, therefore, be alert and be serious. Friend, we need to have a sober, serious mind about Christ. Some of us, the growing up we need to do to move from being a baby in Christ to, to a mature believer in Christ, we need to grow up and be serious about pursuing Jesus. To, to be serious about about running after Him, to, to desire what He desires, to want what He wants. We can just kind of splash around in the things of God, or we can soak in the things of God. Now, I don't mean, in the Scripture doesn't mean a, a sober mind or to be serious. Is it just kind of morbid, sour face, mysterious about Jesus? There's joy unspeakable. Life is full of glory when you follow Jesus. But, but, but we're serious about it. We give attention to it. It's important to us. It has priority. Part of the maturity of following the Lord is to be serious about following Jesus. Not to look like someone else in the way they do it, but, but are you seriously pressing in to see Jesus? When I focus on the upward call, I become sober-minded, serious about the things of Christ. I ask you, I ask myself, what is intoxicating you and me, making our mind fuzzy, unclear. If we were to have a sober mind, a serious mind, there's some 
intoxications, just as a drug or, or alcohol will play tricks on the mind and, and, and skew judgment. So there's things in this world that will cloud. It's those list of things, the hurtful actions, the immoral deeds that we have done. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the pride that we have. It's the crisis situations that we don't feel like anybody can control but God. They get in our way. They start confusing and, and cluttering up. We may trust Jesus for our salvation, but we begin to take in our own hands our desire to provide for our family. We trust Jesus for Him setting us apart for His holy use and sanctification, but we begin to take into our own hands our, our calling and our profession or, or our meaning in life or, or the purpose that we have. It's this double-mindedness. What is intoxicating you, giving you a double mind, making you unstable in your thinking? Is your thoughts, or my thoughts, tossed back and forth like a wave in the sea with whatever is on the news? Back and forth. It's bad. It's worse. It's worser. It's the worstestest. That's English. I know it's working. It's, it's all over the place. But, but a mature mind in Christ is focused on the upward call. It doesn't mean that they, they're not affected at all by the things of this world, but they stay fixed on the Lord. A focused mind uh, is a sober mind. Second, a focused mind is a set mind. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind. Your translation may say, set your heart. The New King James, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Stay focused, your mind, your heart, your whole being, fixed on the things of Christ, not the things here just on earth. Friends, you have plans, I have plans, but God has greater plans. One of the things that begins to happen in the mature mind, when we ask ourselves what's on our mind, this is the positive things that happen. What, what happens in the mature mind, when you have the mind of Christ, you start to live contrary to the doctrines of Oprah. When Oprah was in the height of her influence, and I don't mean to pick on just her, but she was a great voice for a long period of time for the ways of the way the world was thinking. There was a time when she was in the height of her influence that she was so well known for saying things like this, you've got to find your passion. And when you find your passion, pursue it at all costs. Kind of sounds good. If you love baking, quit your job and bake. If you love music, drop everything else. Give your life to music. Kind of sounds inspiring. Kind of makes me want to ride a bicycle right now. But here's the problem. That's not what the Bible says. You know, <laughs> this is going to go over real well. You know the Bible says? <laughs> it's not what you want. It, God's plan for your life is not, tell me what you want. That's not what God is... After the most. But he cares about you. He wants to bless you. Just like earthly fathers want to give good gifts. Oh, he gives so many more. But, but the guiding force in, in his plan for your life is not what you want. It's what he wants. And a mature mind begins to get that. It's not about what you choose or you want. It's about what he chooses, what he wants. You know, how many of you think that, that Noah just chose to build an ark? That's what he wanted to do. I think he chose to do that. He didn't 
see the end of the story like we did. Like we read it. Does he really want to build a big boat? Moses, he, he didn't choose to confront Pharaoh. He argued with God for, for a long time about it. But do you think he chose, hey, God, how about we just go tell Pharaoh what for? That is not what he was choosing to do. But that was God's plan for his life. Abraham, he, he didn't choose, just, hey, let's just leave my family and just, just go. No, no, God's plan called him. He followed God's plan over his. Anyone in the Bible who really did something for the Lord, who followed the Lord, they didn't do what they chose. They did what God chose for them. Friend, the mature mind in Christ, that, that fresh mind who's growing in the Lord. If you're not growing, you're dying. Okay? So either we're growing in the Lord or we're dying away. Those who are growing in the Lord, mature in the Lord, they, they seek the mind of Christ. And because we love Him, we are focused on His upward call. Friend, you and I should not expect clarity of call, unless you and I are fully abandoned to the upward call. By that I mean, you and I should not expect that God would lay out the map and the details of everything of our life. God, tell me what you want to have happen in the next 12 months. How about the next five years? Lord, why don't you tell me what retirement will look like for me? God, just tell me all these things. He won't reveal all these things until he knows I'm willing to be obedient to whatever it is he says. So many times I think when we say, I'm praying for the will of God, or I want wisdom and direction, sometimes I think what we're saying is, I want God to tell me, and I'll weigh in and see if I like it. Don't expect God to reveal His plan until you are ready to be obedient to His upward call, to His plan, regardless of what it is. It's not about what you choose, it's about what He chooses. That's the transformed mind. Now, as we come to an end, here's the amazing thing. Paul didn't say to the church of Philippi, you dirty, rotten, no good thinkers. He says, hey, I haven't gotten this perfected. I'm not the best at this, but two things I'm doing, it's amazing. The Lord is transforming my mind. It's making me want Jesus more than anything else. Anything that gets in the way, it's trash. Anything that becomes more important than knowing Jesus, it's trash. I want his power. I want to experience his power. It, it's a craving inside of me. It's not because I'm so holy. It's He's holy. He, he wants power. And I want, I want to join Him in His suffering. I see the suffering in my life as ways that I'm getting to know Jesus better. It, all of this happens. In fact, it'll happen for you, Paul says. The mature in Christ should see things this way. And if you find yourself not thinking that way, God will smack you in the face. That's not what it says. And if you find yourself slipping out of this and you don't see things this way, what do you say? God will make it clear to you. So here's the good news. As we saw the negative impact of our thoughts last week, the whole positive is this. This is not just, you know, have a good attitude and power of positive thinking. Thing. No, 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 no. Jesus has given you his spirit when you are saved. That's salvation. As He sets you apart in sanctification, as we grow, He wants to give you a new mind to think things that we don't think on our own. There is an anointing. There is the power of God there. Do you feel weak as a Christian? Do you feel yourself sometimes being tossed back and forth? Paul says, me too. Me too. Here's what I do. Forget all that other stuff. Forget the former things. I'm going to press on to what it is in the upward call, to what Jesus wants. He says, I, I'm not here to 
to bash on you. I'm not here to make you feel horrible about yourself. In fact, if you're here today and you go, oh, I'm a bad thinker. Just like Pastor Bray's talking about, I'm just a That's Satan getting all over you. Here's what Jesus says. Hey, look to me. I'm going to clarify it for you. If you can't see how much better I am than the world around you, just look right here, my daughter. Look right here, my son. Just look at me. All of a sudden we see praise and worship different. It's not like an introduction to the Word and the preaching. It's time to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's time to bask in His presence. It's worth more than anything, Paul says. Man, Brady, you seem excited about it. I'm just not there. It's okay. He'll make it clear to you. But, but is your heart wanting to be closer to Him? Heavenly Father, I thank You for my brothers and sisters who have given such great attention to Your Word today. Lord, I can see it on their face. They're tracking. They're processing. They're giving every amount of energy they can to taking Your Word. And Jesus, as we started, we have very little interest in what Brady has to say or any other man or woman has to say. Jesus, we want to hear pure You. So in the miracle that You give to us in preaching, Lord, would You allow the gloss say, would You allow this interpretation to take place right now as... I do my best to get out of the way and proclaim your word. Would you breathe on it for my brothers and sisters today? Would the word of encouragement that you gave to Paul come across my brother and sister today that you want to transform their mind? You don't want them to stay stale or so comfortable that they, they resist what it is you want to do fresh and new in their life. Lord, I ask for a double portion of your anointing and your power on every believer in this place. Not so we can wield it for our own gain, but so we can, we can have the power and anointing to join you in your resurrection and in your death and in your will right here. I thank you, Jesus, in advance for the clarity that you're going to bring to myself and to my brothers and sisters in this. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Church, would you stand with me just before we're dismissed? I really do want to thank you for your attention to God's Word. I'm going to be praying this afternoon that God will bless your efforts of hanging on every ounce of His Word. But as you get ready to go today, if you find yourself, you say, you know, I, I guess, I'm not trying to brag myself, but I, I guess I've walked with the Lord a little while. And if you're the mature believer, here's your action steps today. Go and forget former things and... Press on to what is to come. Hold to the upward call. Think on Him. Go think about Jesus. That's what He's calling you to do. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I've heard this and it sounds kind of good, but I'm not sure if I know Christ as my Savior. I've already had two brand new friends today accept Jesus for the first time. If you're here today, this is for you. It all starts with knowing Jesus as my Savior, and we grow from there. I'd love to talk with you. If you would come and meet me right here, I'd love to talk with you. We'll pray together. Maybe you're here today, and you say either I'm a new believer or, or I'm a mature believer, and, and I want to forget the former things, but, but I'm having trouble doing that. I'd like someone to pray with me. Carrie and I are going to be here. We'd love to pray with you. I don't want you to feel alone in this. But whatever we do, coming to pray or going to think about Jesus, let's go in obedience to Him. God bless you. You're dismissed.